0: The last couple of weeks we've been, or really just last week, we've been talking about this idea of the Sabbath. If you haven't heard the news, the whole month of July we take as a Sabbath month as a church. And this uh, year particularly, we're taking all four Sundays onto Zoom. Most of you are going to be in San Diego anyways during the month of July, it feels like every year, because I don't know if you guys saw the weather next week. It's going to be really nice, like low 90s. Just kidding. It's going to be 117 for five straight days. I'm going to be actually gone. I guess God, God spoke to me a couple of months ago when I planned this week because 117 sounds really fun. I'll be praying for all of you. Anyways, so we've been talking about the Sabbath because the whole month of July, we take a Sabbath as a church and, and we're trying to enter into a, a season of rest, a month of rest as we look forward to the fall and what God might wanna do through us. Last week, if you are with us, I kinda gave a vision of what the Sabbath is, that it's the hinge of the 10 commandments. It holds together both the love of God and love of neighbor. It's that fourth commandment that holds it all together. If you're practicing the Sabbath, it should produce love of God and neighbor. It's a creational norm, as in God built within the pattern of creation six days of work and one day of rest. Even as different cultures and societies have tried to change that, you can't get away from it. It's six days of work, one day of rest. It's a rhythm of creation. And then lastly, it's not just a creational norm, but it's a rhythm of resistance. We live in a culture that demands 24-7 attention from us. Notifications on our phone that constantly try to distract us, keep us engaged and attentive to whatever device or thing they're trying to sell. It's a world that never stops. And so to practice a Sabbath where we stop, rest, delight, and contemplate is a way to resist the pharaohs of our day as well. It's a hinge, it's a norm, and it's an act of resistance. But today what I want to do is talk about what the Sabbath is not. Next day we'll get to what it is, but today what it is not. I don't know if you guys had the experience, some of you are in school right now so you get it, but multiple choice tests. Everybody's probably taken one of those. I remember I I used to love them in some ways and I used to hate them in other ways. But when you come to a multiple choice test, what do you do? Well, this is what I did. Maybe you didn't do the same thing. But if you're not sure with the question, the first thing you usually do, or at least I did, is you eliminate the answers you know are for sure not the answer. Like, oh, I'm going to eliminate A and D because those are definitely not. And it's always usually C, right? So you don't eliminate that one. But you eliminate the ones that you know for sure the answer is not And so we thought maybe today what would be helpful is to talk about maybe what the Sabbath is not before next week Sarah will help give us a vision for what it could look like to practice it. So I want to give you three things today of what the Sabbath is not. The first thing is the Sabbath is not a day of distraction. It's not a day of distraction. I find this really interesting because we are so programmed and wired around screens in our world. Like even at gas stations now when you're pumping the gas you have the screen that's right there in your face that often we mistake distraction for rest. Distraction for rest, like mindless scrolling through a social media platform or mindlessly watching TV. We're like, oh, we're resting right now. We're sitting, we're doing this mindless activity. But I don't know about you, but often when I step into those things, it doesn't produce a deep heart of rest and gratitude when I come out of those things. Binging on a whole series or show of Netflix, watching 10 episodes in a row usually doesn't produce in me a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. It's just distraction. I'm settling for distraction when I could have something much more. And so for you, think about the ways that you are prone to move towards something that distracts you from being with yourself, with others, and with God. Because often in our individualistic uh, culture and in the ways that we've been, in some ways reformed what Sabbath is, we see it more as a day of distraction to kind of zone out, to do mindless activity. That's the first thing. The second thing, that, uh, the Sabbath is not a day of me time. Of me time, uh, on the 101 freeway, the all, all the casino ads for I think it's the casino down when you, as you're going towards Tucson. But um, it says, "You do you and reclaim what is yours. You do you reclaim what is yours." Like master marketing techniques. This this casino company. What I'm trying to say with this picture is often we think of the Sabbath as a way to close out from the rest of the world, to shut off and do what's just best for me, even if that comes at the expense of God and of neighbor. What would it look like to uh, imagine something different? That the Sabbath isn't just an isolation from the world, but it's a celebration of all that God has provided for us. That often on the Sabbath it's not just, hey, I need to shut everything off so I can move away from people, but often it should call us closer to people in some form or way. It's not day, just a day of me time, as in, hey, what's best for me? And there's really good things about that, but often come at the expense of neighbor or of even being present with God. Day of distraction, a day of me time. The third one is this. The Sabbath is not a day of deep diving soul work. Deep diving soul work. We live in a wonderful culture that in many ways has destigmatized the work of uh, counseling Uh, psychology, the insights we have of how the brain works and how we can rewire the brain in different ways and experience healing from childhood trauma. Uh, We can experience ways and connection with people that we've never experienced before because of the research and information we have. It's amazing. But what I notice too is often within the culture we live in, especially with the high value of psychology, it becomes the dominant framework in which we think about our entire lives. Everything becomes, in a sense, uh, in the lens of a counseling relationship. Even sometimes we put our relationships through a therapist lens where now this person is in charge of solving my problems or working through my stuff. And there's beautiful things about that. We as a church are very pro-therapy. I've done therapy several years, and there's many in this congregation that are in therapy right now. So don't hear me say that. What I'm trying to say is what happens often is that that lens, that experience becomes the dominant lens in which we view all other relationships, and dare I say, even how we view God. God is the great therapist who takes care of our problems. And although he does do that, he's so much more. I bring this up because we gave you a research, uh, a resource earlier in an email a couple weeks ago, um, from the book called "The Sabbath" by Abraham Heschel. He was a civil rights rabbi or activist and rabbi. And the introduction of the book that we gave you, it's from his daughter and their experience of growing up in the house, which is an amazing chapter. Don't read the whole book because you'll be confused. But if you read the introduction, it's really great. But she says that his, her father said that it's a sin to be sad on the Sabbath. It's a sin to be sad on the Sabbath. When I first read that, I was like, ooh, that hits me weird. Like, oh, we we shouldn't avoid sadness. We shouldn't avoid pain, right? We should go towards it, process through it. But what I think she's trying to say, and what he was trying to say, is the Sabbath is not a day for deep-diving soul work, that we gently set aside for one day of a week some of the things we're wrestling through and processing so we can be present with God and with neighbor and enjoy the good gifts of where we're at in the moment. And yes, the very next day we can pick it up again and begin to process our own pain and trauma and hurt but it gives us one day a week to gently set those things aside so we can enjoy one another and enjoy God's presence. A day of distraction, it's not that. A day of me time, it's not that. And a day of deep diving soul work where we never surface for air. It's none of those things. It's something far greater and more and we'll talk about that next week. But here's what we do right now. If you're new with us or you've, or you've just been joining us the last couple of weeks, we do a lot of conversation back and forth, not just the person up front. I'd love for you to turn to somebody around you. It could be just the person sitting right next to you. Which of those three do you find yourself most drawn to when you think about entering into a period of rest? Do you find yourself most drawn to distraction, like endlessly scrolling or... Like, I need to find something to distract from the deep pain that I feel in some ways or just the exhaustion I feel. Is it, secondly, a day of me time? As in, like, hey, when I think about Sabbath, I think about closing off from the rest of the world even when it comes at the expense of maybe uh, the people that I'm closest to. Or is it, thirdly, like, hey, I just feel like I'm in a really hard season and it's hard for me to put down some of the things I'm processing one day a week And have gratitude for the good things that God is doing right now in my midst. Which of those three? And if you're like, I'm none of those things, I'm something else, you can answer that way as well. Ready, set, go.